0: This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL podcast, episode number 122 and counting. Along with uh, Viggs and Hammy, we have a guest tonight and he's from the Wisconsin State Journal. It's none other than Todd Molesky. Todd, how are you doing? I'm doing
1: great. How are you guys?
0: We're all doing great. Uh, Thanks uh, for joining us again. Uh, Last year, you, you joined us when the Badgers came to town and then all right, I assume you're coming to town this weekend, I hope. That's correct. Correct. That's good. Uh, Viggs, should we plan a beer outing after they get one of these games? Maybe after Saturday. I you know Todd sometimes has to get back. Oh. We are
1: planning on leaving right after Saturday's game. So.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah. Maybe we can just get Viggs to come down for a little post game on Friday night, then, huh, Viggs?
2: That's possible as well.
0: Oh, that might be tough with the family life and the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's just a fact of life. When you got young kids, uh, two days on a weekend gone is uh, is tough. It is tough. Speaking of tough, um, uh, Viggs, boy, tough weekend for our Gophers. They play pretty good Friday night, Saturday yeah, night. Saturday night, a little different, but uh, either way, six points gone.
2: Yeah, Don Lucia keeps talking about how they played five good periods and one bad one. But it doesn't really matter when you drop all the points to Notre Dame, who is just off to a great start in the Big Ten. They're going to be a tough team to beat every night just because they are so um, defensively sound. They just have layers to play against. You know, They make smart decisions with the puck. They always get back on defense. They keep a third man high. Even when Minnesota had chances, they weren't really able to get second and third chances because Notre Dame did such a good job of checking their opponents. And I think it was a tough weekend for Rem Pitlick and Casey Middlestad uh, because they were out against defensive-focused players all weekend. Uh,
0: should we be concerned, Hammy, that uh, Notre Dame might uh, run away with the Big Ten regular season?
3: Uh, I don't know. I think it's a little too early to judge something like that, especially considering they've played uh, what – they've only had four road games in their first 16 games for the season and you know um all that stuff tends to even out obviously it's going to be a lot more difficult to be winning consistently on the road um especially with the big 10 being improved um from top to bottom so i think it's a little early for that certainly but yeah you can't uh you certainly can't uh say anything bad about their start in the league
0: in the meantime while minnesota was getting swept out of south bend uh todd uh Wisconsin played Mercyhurst over this weekend with a split. Tell us about that.
1: Well, I think it was you know it was a Saturday Sunday series. That uh, last week was a little weird because of Thanksgiving, obviously. Damn so they, Big
0: Ten! I swear, Saturday and Sunday <laughs> games. Oh, jeez.
1: <laughs> and you know this one was was. Originally listed as Friday-Saturday, and so there were actually some people that showed up to the men's basketball game Friday night thinking they were showing up for the <laughs> originally scheduled Friday men's hockey game. And there were a few people that were not too happy about it, let me tell you that.
0: That's not good. <laughs> no. Uh,
1: I I would imagine that in the future maybe they'll just go away from having dates on the tickets at all and just go to game numbers maybe or something mm-hmm. like that because mm-hmm. yeah they, you know if this is going to happen uh, especially with basketball now playing friday nights apparently um i think there's going to be some uh, some more issues like that in the future but so it it, it just kind of started off as a, a as a weird week they were off friday they came back or off thursday came back friday had a practice and it was you know i i think at at that point, they were still a little uh, out of sorts, and, and it carried carried around into Saturday, the whole uh, the whole mess. So um, Mercyhurst goalie is really good, I have to say that. Uh, despite that, uh, when you play Mercyhurst in your home building and you've never lost to an Atlantic hockey team, those are the ones you normally uh, think of that are going to be pretty solid uh uh, locks for victories, but Friday or Saturday night—I keep confusing myself there too. <laughs> Saturday night it didn't happen. Um, badges were up in the third, um, and still they they gave up two uh, two goals later in the third and uh, lost that one, which was I think a pretty big shock to all of them. Um, they they were not um, thinking that that was going to be the way that went, and I think you have to immediately start thinking, well, you combine that with a loss to St. Lawrence earlier in the season at home. Um, and then you start wondering, Ooh, is two bad losses like that going to be tough to overcome if you want to be in that large team? Uh, it's definitely going to make the road a little bit tougher. I can think, uh, I think that's safe to say, uh, for them when their record isn't tremendous to begin with. Um, it, they did come back Sunday and get a pretty solid victory. They were pretty strong all throughout. Um, in that one, uh, you just then wonder, well, where was that the night before? Because, um, they, they learned last year that, you know, one, one or two losses in non-conference, especially get, uh, get you in a bad spot for, uh, at large, uh, NCAA tournament stuff. And, uh, that lesson was, uh, for as many times as Tony Granato brought it up to us in the media, it had to be getting to the team as well last week, and it just didn't uh, maybe it didn't mean a whole lot to him at the end.
0: Well, uh, we, we definitely know what it's like to play one good game and one bad game. We've we've seen quite a few of those here in Minnesota this year. Um,
1: yeah, it seems like that's been the way for a lot of teams, too, <laughs> if you look around.
0: It has been, but uh, you know, there is a, uh, college hockey is a not such the big goliath against the you know the tiny guys anymore it's it is much more balanced than than it used to be 10 or 15 years ago it's a, even since uh well it kind of started with with uh, the old holy cross game against minnesota where the little guy beats the big guy but it's just it's there is no little guy and big guy anymore it's a, you know you can lose or win any night it just depends on if you bring your game or not Right. Um, Viggs, you know, we saw that, that Friday night against Notre Dame, the Gophers just couldn't score. They put on a lot of shots, but boy was that Notre Dame goalie good.
2: Yeah, he's definitely stepped up for Notre Dame. You know, they had the big hole there in that, uh, with their previous goalie turning pro, you didn't know quite what to expect, but his save percentage has been, you know, in the high or the mid nineties all season. And, uh, he did a good job. I think having the defense in front of him clear out, you know, the shooting lane, so he could see the puck and not having to worry so much about those second chances was probably the big problem for Minnesota. But really, the only two goals they got on the weekend were backdoor plays by Sventula. Um, again, you know, it's one of those situations where you know they need to put pucks on net, they need to have guys trying to take the eyes away from the goalie, and they need to pounce on rebounds when they're there. You know, there were a couple here and there, but there just weren't any gophers there to pick them up. And uh, the guys were talking about that today. You know, that's something they need to do against the good goalies. That's how they scored scored against Clarkson. You know, other teams with really good goaltending.
0: Hammy, are we still concerned about the special teams? I mean, I thought for most of the weekend, you know, I thought the power play was pretty bad. Then they ended up getting a couple goals, you know, Saturday night. But uh, still, I don't think the power play has looked great at all.
3: Well, I think part of the problem is we don't have anybody on the blue line that's consistently, you know, performing that in some of the ways that we've been become accustomed to with the Gophers over the years, we've always tended to have at least one or two guys on the blue line that you really felt confident in as far as running the power play. And, um, you know, we don't really have that kind of standout guy at the moment. We have some guys that either are just not built for that, or they're just not quite at that level yet on the in the college level. Um, and uh, we're just not seeing that kind of consistency and uh, those guys are really important when it comes to uh, the man advantage so I think that's a big part of the problem I also think that you know we've been a little too perimeter at times I think you kind of have to be able to crash the net um, you're not always going to get the pretty goals and uh, maybe we haven't been consistently doing that enough
0: we have uh, a couple questions via Twitter remember if you have questions for us you can always just use the hashtag GPL podcast and we'll see them and try to answer them Um since this is kind of related to the Gophers, and we got a few Badger stuff later, but uh, Tim Hampke wants to know, why is Leon struggling this year? Uh, Viggs, Bristad has been just not there at all.
2: Yeah, as Hammy was saying, we've got a couple guys on this team that are playing on the perimeter, and I think Leon is one of those players. I know last year when he was going through a stretch where he wasn't getting points, it's, it's because he just wasn't finishing plays. You know, he was one stride or you know, just in the wrong body position to get a scoring chance. And he had a one-on-one film session, with Grandpa told me, and that kind of showed him what he needed to do to get his game back. I don't know if they're planning on doing one-on-one film sessions with him yet this year, but it's probably something he needs to look at at his game is, you know, what is that one extra step he needs to, to make to get these scoring chances? You know, you look at a guy like Mike Smatula He's around the net. He's drawing penalties. He's there for rebounds. You know, that's a lesson that a lot of guys on this team can take because bristed has got a lot of speed. He's good on the rush. But he just needs to have that, that one extra step, I think, to get goals and points around the crease.
0: And honestly, Hammy, yeah. oh, um, we can't, I don't think we're going to go very far unless bristed starts contributing.
3: Well, you know, it, it's interesting because um, I remember Lack when he committed – uh, talking to Patoni very briefly about, you know, because he, obviously he was a, a kid that was uh, from foreign soil. So it's like, we didn't really have the knowledge that we tend to do with, uh, you know, a lot of the our recruits because they're local. And uh, I asked him, you know, what's his game like? And he, he's, he, of course, nobody is Zach Parisi of course, but uh, he said he's kind of like a poor man's Parisi. He's a guy that's willing to kind of play real kind of, you know, blue collar and, and, yes, he's got skill and everything, but he, he plays hard and and uh, maybe sometimes, you know, Leon forgets his own game in that sense. And he needs to be reminded and, you know, Vigo's uh, example is probably, you know, something that we need to do with him is maybe sit him down and just kind of focus on, you know, what are your strengths and uh, trying to kind of emphasize that. But yeah, I definitely think he's an important cog and maybe he's gripping the, the stick a little bit tight. You know, when you have a, a senior year, you kind of want to have a, Come start off real strong and uh, obviously he hasn't had that kind of a start
0: no not a good start at all and we hopefully he turns it around starting this weekend against bucky badger but uh, you know we have todd on to talk about the badgers and uh, before we get to that we're going to have a listen to our sponsor vintage MN com is a proud sponsor of the gpl podcast well what is vintage mn hockey well it's kind of the place to get all of your history of minnesota hockey from the pros to the minors, the collegiate teams to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPLPODCAST, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit VintageMNHockey.com and follow them on Twitter at VintageMNHockey. Well, let's bring Todd back into the, the broadcast here. And it actually starts with a question from a listener. Scott Johnson wants to know and this is specifically for you Todd. He says, "What's your impression of Badger's goaltending this season? Will we see mostly Hayton or more time for Barry?" And he he's also he's also complimenting you because he's, he he says thank also from a parent. Thanks for what you do. Love the post-game Facebook reports. So wow.
1: I know Scott and Scott, thanks for the shout out. <laughs> um it's um it's been a little bit of a hit and miss with the, the goaltending this season, which is not what we expected coming in. You know, everything was built up when Kyle Hayton does a grad transfer from St. Lawrence. He's, he's a second-team All-American last year. Everyone saw this as, well, okay, this, this was the position that Wisconsin was, you know, probably weakest at uh, last season, at least in, in a lot of stretches um and so here's an upgrade um we're we're gonna see some you know them be able to even on the nights when they don't get the four goals or whatever they're gonna win a couple of three two or two one games they're gonna be able to to uh you know be more competitive in those lower scoring games if there are any of those sort of things in the big 10 anymore um but it it hasn't really played out that way yet and i think um there's just been a little bit of an adjustment period for for Hayton and I I don't know uh, I guess I don't know how long you 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 can fairly say that okay that you can let that go and 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 say that okay he's still getting used to his new team and those kind of things we're halfway through the regular season now so um it's it's gotten to a point where um you're expecting, I think a little bit more out of him and it it hasn't gotten to a point where he's, you know, cost the team a game necessarily yet, but he hasn't really won them any, I wouldn't say. And I think that was the thing that people were expecting him to do because he did that seemed like for three years at St. Lawrence is that he was winning them games that really, from what I understand, they really didn't have much business being in. Um, and you would think that some of that would carry over, um, but it hasn't necessarily done that. And I think, uh, last Sunday they played Jack Barry. Um, I think that was, if, if if I understand it right, that was kind of in the works all along. They did the same thing the second night against St. Lawrence. And that, that kind of turned into a disaster for that night. Uh, Barry had to be pulled and they, they actually put Hayton in against his old team when they were anticipating giving him the night off, which was kind of a, just a weird situation altogether there. But, um, uh, so I think this this last weekend was another effort because to get Barry in because they're gonna need him he's gonna have to be you know if not the number one goal is sharing the time next season uh when when Hayton's gone so they're gonna need him to to be playing a role here and I know they want to get him some some good experience this year so he doesn't really just have to look back on his freshman year as being the uh uh the experience that he can take forward in the next season but I think that there's um there there's another level that Hayton has to get to. Uh, a lot of teams have uh, have figured this out that you know he drops down really early like a lot of goalies do now but everyone's been beating him over the shoulders uh, and, and so I, I'm interested to see if there's any adjustments made there or if there's any uh, tweaking to the you know just the, the style of play that he plays It's hard to do that in the middle of the season I would think for a goalie when you've kind of uh, kind of set yourself. Up through well through years now, really, but uh, through through the last few months to be playing a certain way, uh, and so that uh, that's definitely something for, to watch as as we uh, go through the rest of the year is how uh, how he kind of maybe takes away more of the net uh, in those upper corners if he can you know get out a little bit farther or if he stays up a little bit longer. Uh, I don't know enough about the goaltending uh, you know specifics to. To, to speak to it too much, but I know that's something that's been uh, highlighted by other teams.
0: Well, Hammy, we have seen many times in the past, uh, maybe a goalie that uh, the team is, we think is struggling comes in and uh, uh, the Gophers turn him into a superstar. Um, are, are, we, we've seen it a lot. Do you think Hayden can come in or Hayden can come in this weekend and do something like that? Because we've seen that a lot in the past.
3: Well, you know, you don't make it very difficult on a goalie when you're shooting right into their chest, right? So True. I mean, that's part of the problem sometimes. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, you never know. Sometimes, I mean, I haven't followed uh, what Hayden's done enough to really understand, you know, how it's been game in and game out. But sometimes you get those goalies where if they face a significant amount of shots, it's almost like they find their groove um, in a specific game and that can carry them you know, on a, on a hot streak. And you never know when that's going to necessarily start. So uh, hopefully for the Gophers, that doesn't start this weekend. Um, but, uh, you know, it won't surprise me, you know, given his track record and being successful on the college level in previous years, if he, uh, you know, does turn it around.
2: Todd, I was, I was just wondering, are the, a lot of these goals coming on shots where he's not set looking through traffic? Are they coming down the rush? Are they special teams goals? Have you noticed any trends with that?
1: I think uh, I have seen a, a few of them that do come on rushes. Um, I'm kind of just going through my head of what I've seen the last few weeks here. And, you know, they he has been uh, – you've you got to point out that the, the defense is a little complicit in some of this. There have been a lot of guys that are left open, mm-hmm. and I think that was a, uh, a case uh, last year too. Um, I think overall the defense has improved – I think, you know, you can say that the goaltending has, if you just go by numbers, goaltending has improved that way too. Uh, maybe not to the extent that people thought it was going to, but yeah, there, I, I don't know that there's any necessarily any definitive trend there in, in, what's happening other than the over the shoulders, trying to pick corners uh, that we've seen a lot in the last few weeks. Uh, but yeah, there's there's kind of been all sorts of uh, all sorts of ways goals have gone in. Uh, obviously, you know when you get a guy moving side to side, that's that's I think one of the one of the ones you see an awful lot, and I've I've seen a few of those too. So um, yeah, it's been a little bit of everything from what I remember.
0: Well, I'll tell you one thing, Todd. Um, one thing that uh, Minnesota is glad about, and maybe not all <laughs> Minnesota fans, but I know we are, is that. Uh, the Badgers have improved quite a bit the last few years after some really bad years. Um and 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 I tell you it came at the wrong time too. You know, when we, we switched over to the Big Ten, everyone's like, ooh, we're gonna have all this great stuff, we all these great teams, and then yeah, you know, it was not a good time for the Badgers to have a downtime. Um but it, it appears that the you guys have turned the ship around there. How's it been looking for the crowds there? Is the crowds starting to come back up? Because that was also took a
1: yeah, um, you know, it, it's tough to say at this time of the year. Um, you know, crowds are never great during uh, well, football season in reality, and then uh, n- until uh, January, really. But um, the season ticket base was up slightly, so there was some more uh, interest in that. Uh, the crowds, I I haven't seen any actual numbers in terms of the the ticket usage or, you know, the scan numbers that I get at the end of the year, but um, they've been pretty thin for a lot of the games. Um, So I I think they're, they're still, there's a ways to go on that because they, they are getting better. um, I think traction in the market than they were obviously in, in those couple of years when, when things kind of bottomed out and even leading up to that there, it just been kind of a, uh, it's that erosion of, of deep interest. There was still kind of the casual interest, but the, the hardcore fan base really, um, really slayed a little bit um, to a point where they, they were scrambling to get, uh, get the kind of interest that they, that they needed. And I think there was, there was one year where that program turned into a, uh, a, a deficit, not, you know, not to say the entire athletic department, but, it has been one of the three money makers historically for, for UW athletic department uh, with football and men's basketball. And there was one year, uh, I think two years ago that they uh, did not make money. So that uh, got to that point and they recovered last year, I think to uh, climb out of that. And so it's you're right. It's, It's turning the right direction. I think there's sometimes a little bit of frustration with the speed, not, you know, the, the team has improved and I know a lot of people in the program thought that people would come back faster. Uh, hasn't necessarily happened, but I mean, you got to look at, it's not just here. <laughs> uh, it's oh, pretty no. much everywhere that it's being getting tougher to, to get people in the seats and get people to buy tickets. So, um, you've got to come up with creative ways of doing it, right? 50, 50 well, raffles. The, the,
0: things well, they, like that. You need to do something. Cause you know, we've been saying here on the podcast for a while now that, uh, we understand people are angry about the Big Ten, but you know what? It's time to support your team and get out to the games. Right? It's um, not changing. I, uh, it's not changing, but I'm guessing that might be part of it in Wisconsin as well. I mean, uh, there's a lot of traditional fans out there who are angry, and they're still angry.
1: Right. I, I, I should say I said it's not changing. It, it did change it, but it did change for the better. I think Notre Dame bringing Notre Dame in was a correct was a great move for them. Uh, that, and then I'm trying to write about this for next week. Actually, that. Uh, you know, Wisconsin and Notre Dame used to have a, a pretty good rivalry in, in hockey um, when they're both in the WCHA, and I think it was probably the same with Minnesota too. That you know, Notre Dame wasn't always a great team, but when they were good and when Wisconsin was good, there was just some pretty good games. From everything I've heard, they played one really good N.C. or uh, WCHA second round series, and I think '73 that people talk about uh, as being. You know, just it was in South Bend, it was, you know, in their, their old barn there, at the the Joyce Center, or whatever it wasn't called that then. But, uh, and it was just one of those memorable kind of series, a total goal that went down to the last minute. And it was a one goal win for the Badgers that sent them to the Final Four. And it was a, uh, you know, just a, there were those years when people looked forward to those series, as, you know, those series, you know, obviously not as much as, uh, Minnesota, North Dakota ones, but it was it was kind of in that next next tier, and I, you know may, hopefully they can bring that that kind of uh, energy back, but I haven't necessarily seen it when they played Notre Dame in the past that it's been a, a huge draw. We'll see.
0: It might take a little while. Definitely might yeah. take a little while. Um, Viggs, you were at media availability today. Um, what what did you hear from the coach? What did you hear from the players about uh, what what's the plan this weekend to to deal with this upstart Badger team?
2: Well, one of the differences I think with Wisconsin this year is they're a much deeper team than they've been in the past. I think in the past couple of years they've just had a you know either a top line or a top six that you had to worry about. You know this year, you know they've got three lines you can score, and of course they've got the good goaltending. So it's something where Don Lucia is trying to jumble his lines up a little bit. He even talked about splitting up uh, Rem Pitlick and Casey Middlestadt today because um, the past couple of weekends, you know, they've been checked pretty hard. So this is a weekend where maybe he might want to split them up and you know try to get them some more scoring chances on different lines and create more five-on-five offense. Because that's something that this gopher team is struggling with right now, is trying to score goals even strength. Uh, the other interesting thing was he gave Eric Shearhorn Monday off. He came out for the 15-minute warm-up and then went in and uh, got a bike ride and a shower. So try to get him refocused for this weekend because I think
0: Minnesota is going to need a good goalie this weekend as well definitely going to need a good goalie um hammy what do you want to see from the Gophers this weekend
3: well i mean it's kind of like i talked about earlier i'd like to see them be a little bit more aggressive around the net uh certainly you know trying to bang in some of those rebounds and not always necessarily going for some of the pretty plays but you know trying to get a little bit more blue collar um so some of that effort uh certainly i'd like to see the continue uh Improvement on special teams. Uh, you know, you, like you talked about earlier, there's been some ups and downs in that regard. So um, you kind of want to see a little bit of that. And um, certainly we talked about goaltending. Shearhorn is, I think, done relatively well, but I mean, he's certainly had his moments where he hasn't been at the top of his game. And certainly we know looming around the corner, uh, he's going to have some competition. So I, I would hope that uh, that's going to start to spur him on to a little bit uh, more consistency.
0: Uh, we, we can only hope so because, uh, you know, it, you, you tend to perform a little different when there's a little pressure coming on. And, you know, he has played over 90 games straight or started over 90 games. And uh, uh, I believe that streak is going to be in uh, jeopardy pretty soon here unless he really steps it up. I mean, But, um, you know, they're going to get Robson in there sometime, either, whether it's the next couple weeks or against Army at the end of December. So, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, another question from the Twitterverse, uh, Tim Hapke again. He wants you guys to tell me, what's your favorite Gopher Badger memory? Let's start with you, Todd. What's your favorite Gopher Badger memory, whether if it was a fan or if you were covering the team or when you if you were a kid? What's your favorite memory?
1: Well, uh, um, I think – you know, there are two of them that I remember. I think I'm going to – I'll go with one of them. Uh, there was a game – I'm trying to think of the year. I think it was 96 or 97. It was at the, the Coliseum here in Madison. Um, still one I was there as, as a fan. and I, I remember that. Um, but it was just a – I don't remember the, like the particulars of the game, but I just remember walking away from it and thinking, you know, because – this was before I was really covering college hockey and before I knew that was what I wanted to do for a living, but walking away from that game thinking, man, that's what college hockey should be. It was, it was just, you know, there were, you know, it was intense. There are those scraps after the whistle that you you always get (laughs) in these games. There were guys that clearly didn't like each other. and, And it, it just felt like, man, that's, you know, if every game was like that, this would be, you know, easy to sell out every night. Um, I I really I need to go up and 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 look up the uh, the particulars of that game, but I'm pretty sure it was a. Oh, I, I think it was one of the uh, Spihar games when the crowd really <laughs> would get against him here and get on him pretty good. Um, but
0: Spihar was boy, abused I, quite a bit. I, uh,
1: <laughs> well. Everywhere, right? Everywhere,
0: yes, it was
1: pretty easy target. And uh, I mean, you really can't not remember the the uh, Phil Kessel game here at the goal Center, can you? I mean, that's. (laughs) I mean, I was there for that one. That was good. (laughs) When when you think about these two teams, I mean, just in terms of the, you know. the quality that there was on the ice in in that game and in that series,
0: oh, the, boy, yeah. the quality
1: that the players that those two teams had, the number of guys that went on to play in the NHL. I mean, man, that was that was uh, pretty fun to watch that weekend. It's it's. I still would have liked to see, you know, because that was right after Brian Elliott got hurt. He didn't play in those games, and that was obviously there was a a, a difference there in the Badgers in that stretch. Uh, I don't know if that necessarily changes outcomes, but, boy, I would have I liked to have seen them play with a little bit more, uh, you know, online. Because they played in that third-place game in the in the Final Five that year, and and it, it just didn't, you know, it was a it was a third-place game. So <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that be the championship game that year. Because they haven't played a championship, they haven't played a game against each other for a championship since
0: ninety. Bradley Center?
1: I, that wasn't a championship game.
0: Wasn't was it? That's oh, that's right, it wasn't.
1: It was a semifinal game that went to overtime and Checko. Checko, no, right.
3: That was that I think that was a final. I don't think it was.
0: Oh yeah, I remember. I got to look
3: it up but I I just remember I, I think, Checo catching
0: was, it with his hand and dropping at, it to a stick.
3: Cuz you when you were going to ask me what, you know, what my favorite member, that was going to be the one of the ones that I was going to mention because I remember vividly Eric Rasmussen coming out of the corner and kind of flipping that pass up the center ice, and Checo kind of, you know, catching the puck and going in on the breakaway. And uh, yeah. was it Dobbin Was it? I can't remember. That would have who been a Speck year wow. at the Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just remember that Wisconsin was kind of down that year. They were uh, under 500 that year, yes. but they were kind of they were they kind made, of fighting to stay alive yes. in, in the playoffs. They made and this uh, great
1: run in the playoffs. They beat North Dakota, swept North Dakota on the road in the first round. Right. A couple it's, of overtime, I'm looking this up right now. It was 96
3: and it was yeah. four, three and overtime in the semis. Oh, okay, okay. So it was semis. Okay. Yep. So yeah, I just, I just remember that game because I just vividly remember, you know, it being a well-played game and, and, uh, you know, we all know that Checo was kind of big in those March playoff <laughs> games. And so that's <laughs> definitely one that stands out uh, for me. And I also would say that, uh, the penalty shot goal with Danny Ehrman at Mariucci, you know, back, in, I don't know how many years it's been now, but, uh, Certainly the the crowd was very uh, boisterous after that goal. It was probably one of the loudest, uh, you know, crowds that I've heard at Mariucci, at least moments. Uh, so certainly that one stands out as well.
0: How about you, Viggs? What's your
2: favorite memory? It would have to be the Danny Ehrman penalty shot goal. I was uh, coming off of my ACL surgery, and <laughs> I was in the student section for that one. And it was just a fun game to be at. Just a great atmosphere. As Hammy was saying, it was loud. Um, might have been the Percocet for post ACL,
0: but uh, I had a
2: great time <laughs> with that game, and it was a lot of fun to see it. And I, you know, I was right there for the penalty shot, which was a lot of
1: fun. So there were some people that obviously from the Wisconsin side were not too happy about that penalty shot call, which I think <laughs> ended up being the right call. But, but the the story I've heard about that, Baron Brookler was the goalie for the Badgers that night, um, and he said, and this is this came second or third hand, so believe what you want out of it. But he said Derek Shepherd was a referee that night. And so he comes in to give him you know the instructions on, you know, don't leave your crease until whatever, whatever uh just before the penalty shot happens. And you know the crowd's loud, you know, he can barely hear him. But he swears that he, that Shepherd said something about I don't know if the call was right, just stop the puck. <laughs> 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 oh uh you know, add that a little bit to the to oh, the dynamic of a... all that. So
0: you know, I would say that's one of my memories, too, because uh, that that uh, the video of that, I posted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there was no YouTube at the time. I posted it on my website, and uh, the University of Minnesota and Fox News got a hold of it, and uh, we're not too happy about it. I um, got a cease and desist uh, letter in the mail from their lawyers from Fox out of Los Angeles. Um, oh. <laughs> well, this is long before YouTube and people were just throwing stuff up on the Internet, so... That's intellectual property. You cannot reproduce that stuff. And they were not happy about it Um, because, you know, it it went kind of viral because it was the only place because there was no YouTube. Like I said, it was just a little MPEG video I I captured and threw up on the Internet, and uh, it became a little too popular, and uh, I got busted for it. Come on, man. If you haven't
3: rattled the cage of the man once in a while, (laughs) you haven't lived.
0: Yeah, you know, the university came down on me too because at the time, you know, GPL, I had a a hand-drawn, you know, Goldie Gopher on the site, and they didn't like that. I'm like, oh, geez. So two cease and desist uh, different things in the mail from the U and from Fox, which is wonderful. Um, But that's why it's a good memory for me. But I was also at that game as well, and I was at the, the, the Phil Kessel game at uh cole center and uh i think that might have been my first game ever at the cole center so definitely some good memories any other thoughts guys let's talk about the actual games this weekend what do we think is going to happen i mean we've got this you know the gopher team who you know have not you know gotten what two points in the last two weekends and, and you know we've got the badgers who are just right behind them in the standings and have a couple games in hand you know um, it, it, you know, it's looking good for your Badgers, Todd. But uh, well, yeah. you
1: know, I guess I don't know how the Gophers have been in this, uh, this kind of situation. But the Badgers haven't been a very good team in coming from behind this season. This the uh, the game on Sunday against Mercer was the first time they've won in any any time when they've trailed uh, this season. So, uh, you know, it it it's probably it's a cliche, but getting that first goal. I think it's probably pretty big for the bat. Yeah, Maybe even not getting the first goal, but you know, not not playing uh, out of sorts early in the games, like I think we've seen happen to Wisconsin at Mariucci a lot of times, where the first couple shifts are like, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> this could go downhill for them pretty fast. Um, but if if they can get out and and you know dictate a little bit of the way the game is going to be played, and and you know get some, you know they have some guys that have been doing a pretty good job getting out there and getting hits and, and, you know, you know, forcing turnovers. And if they can do that early, that, that I think would be a, a, a key for them to, um, to, to put their stamp on the game a little bit.
0: Well, Vigs, you know, you know, he talks about uh, the Badgers have struggled from coming from behind, but uh, the Gophers, at least uh, against Michigan, uh, they definitely let the team back into the game.
2: Yeah, the Michigan series is a real hiccup for the Gophers is the situation where they went on the road and they played pretty much perfect opening segments of the game. They controlled the pace. They got the lead, uh, big leads, and gave them both up, uh, the four-goal lead on Friday and the five-goal lead on Saturday. Uh, Not something you typically see out of this Gopher team. But I feel like this season the Gophers have played pretty well pretty much every game except for the North Dakota second game And that first game against Penn State, other than that, I think Minnesota's had pretty good energy and, you know, been in pretty good charge for most of their games this season. So I don't think this is a team that goes out and lays eggs too often. Uh, I think they'll be playing pretty well this week. And Don's looking at the numbers that Cal Dietz gives them from their catapult and the Megawave stuff, and he says the players are fresh, and it's showing on the ice. It's just kind of the mental mistakes that
0: have really cost them in those games. What do you think the crowd's going to be this weekend, Viggs?
2: Well, you know, the Saturday Harvard crowd was really good, I thought. It was. I think attendance was almost 9,000, and I felt like there were probably close to 7,000 there. Uh, Wisconsin is usually one of the big draws at Mariucci. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot else going on this weekend, so it could be good crowds. I know the the
0: players and coaches are
2: hoping for one, Um, and Wisconsin has been able to travel to Mariucci in the past,
0: and there are tickets for sale. And I'm actually going as a fan Saturday night, just going in full rube mode. So it's been a while since I've uh, bought tickets, so I just went ahead and did it. So you know, fans, quit your bitching about you know the old pass of the WCHA, blah blah blah. Get get some tickets and get down there this weekend. It'll be good. And for everyone,
2: they've got the fifteen dollar standing room all season this year. Yes. So for visiting fans coming from Madison, fifteen bucks gets you in, and if history is any
0: indicator, there's going to be some open seats to fill Usually, plenty of open seats and one thing you did mention if there's other stuff going on this weekend well there is actually some other stuff going on um you know both friday and saturday you know we've got the women's hockey playing around the same time but you've also got the ncaa tournament for the volleyball team um the volleyball at least friday night they are scheduled to play at the same time seven o'clock so that's another you know, they've been filling out that place or pretty close to it. So you're gonna have an extra five thousand people trying to find parking um at least, you know, probably another a couple thousand with uh you with the hockey team, the women's hockey team. So it, i I just, just a warning get down there early if you want to get parking because it could be a bit of a madhouse, especially Friday night, you know, and you know if the Go for Women volleyball win, which they probably will it'll be the same case Saturday night. So get down there early. You've been warned. Um, it's, it's going to be crowded. It's just, it's just going to be Uh hammy. What are your thoughts? I mean, how, what would you like to see this weekend? Are you, you think the Gophers can get at least a, uh, maybe, uh, a, a win and a tie or maybe a sweep. What do you think?
3: Uh, you know, I think it's really, it'll be very competitive. We know that from past years that even if one team is down, that, you know, it's usually a pretty hard fought series. Uh, with a few exceptions, Uh, obviously the one blowout uh, in Madison is something that we all kind of remember not too long ago, but um, you know, I think that uh, you know, it's going to be a a well-fought series. I I would expect um, you know, the Gophers to kind of be a little bit crusty after this last weekend and feeling (laughs) a little bit ticked off after, you know, getting swept on the road. And obviously there's nothing like having a, you know, one of your top rivals coming into town to kind of get everybody focused and Um, I think it's kind of hard to predict sweeps and and rivalry series like this, but uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those where you get a win and that goes into a a shootout and and the other night. So uh, that's kind of what my expectation would be.
0: Okay, Todd, let's hear what you got.
1: Uh, I'm going split. I'll say Badgers win Friday, Gophers win Saturday. I, I, I I feel like you know Wisconsin hasn't had a sweep this season other than they won at BC and at Merrimack on back to back night. So, you know, kind of a sweep, but not really. Um, and, and so that that's out of, <laughs> out of the picture for me to even consider picking something as outlandish as that uh, happening this weekend. But I do think Wisconsin's, um, you know, maybe they're not at the same level that Minnesota is, but I think they can be, you know, shift to shift. If you want to look at it that way, I mean, not necessarily as a, as a whole roster. Uh, but I think they can put out like Beavis was saying, I think before that they can put out three good lines, uh, and all of which can hit and all of which can score. And, and if they're, they're able to do that. And, and like I mentioned before, if they can get a, a first goal and maybe get a, a leader, a two goal lead, they've been pretty decent. Um, especially on the road, ironically, playing with leads. So um I I, I that's my guess. Who knows? I'm
0: usually
1: wrong. <laughs> Go um, back to my old Austro columns and I'll tell you how I, I was usually wrong.
0: Are you working on anything special for for the Wisconsin State Journal this weekend?
1: I have a story coming in Friday's paper about about Targ Baker who was originally committed to the Gophers. He's a Madison area kid. Uh when he was 16, he committed to the Gophers and things kind of fell apart from there. Uh, he was also, he, he's a kid that's, uh, with his sixth team in seven years, uh, was traded twice in the USHL. Um, but he's, he's been a really, a a pleasant surprise for the Badgers this season. He's, uh, he's got six goals, uh, which is second on tied for second on the team. Um, He's played a just a kind of a heavy role. Sometimes he he's goes out there and throws his body around in, in in a controlled way, but not not necessarily saying like he's you know you know taking heads off or anything like that. But he's he's good at doing that, and he's been a uh, kind of one of the, the the guys that they maybe necessarily weren't counting on to, to produce like he has, but he has done that. So far, so they're uh, they're happy with what they've gotten out of him, and he's got an interesting journey to it. So that's uh, that's what I've got coming for Friday.
0: Sounds great. Are you still doing anything for a USCHO?
1: Not not very much on the writing side. Well, not anything so far on the writing side <laughs> this
0: year.
1: Uh, busy enough, but I've been doing a lot of the uh, a lot of back end stuff and uh, coordinating some things. And we're still knock on whatever, hopeful to get a redesign out in. You know, before <laughs> we all like give you know, up, get the get the internet taken away from us at some point in the next like year or whatever it's going to be. But um, we you know you, we've discussed this in the past. Yes,
0: uh, I always, uh, yes.
1: And uh, our it, favorite, so it's,
0: it's, our favorite president over there, I will just love <laughs> to give him a hard time. It's,
1: <laughs> it's it's there. It's it's happening. It just needs some fine tuning, and we don't want to throw it out there before it uh, it doesn't. You know, yeah, work completely. Yeah, so
0: it's, it's a uh, giant you know, website. A, so <laughs> what's that? It's a giant website. There's just so much there that uh, it has to be built on. So people that's, don't yeah, people don't really realize that. Kind
1: of, that's kind of the problem. Is that every time we think, oh yeah, we, we've got this covered, it's like, oh, we've got about this whole section of things that we need to retrofit. And but you know, it's it's been a labor of love for all of us for all these years. Nobody's uh, obviously getting rich or anything off of it. They're really getting. <laughs> You know, <laughs> well, I'm not going to go there, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we all know what that's like. It, uh, it you know, it's it's something we do because we, we like the people and we like being involved in college hockey, and uh, um, yeah, so it's uh, it's, it's the same. Bit,
0: it's, it's the same thing with GPL. You know, it's just yep. it's it's a love, and you know, you know, on the side, you got somebody like Vieg's right in front of the athletic. Um, Viggs, uh you working on anything this week for the athletic?
2: Yeah, I'll have a story coming out on Friday on Rem Pitlick. Uh, he's the leading scorer for this year's team and has really just blossomed into a dynamic player for the Gophers. Uh, I've talked to some of his teammates who saw him at Shattuck and saw him in the USHL, and uh, I've kind of seen him transform from a 25-pound recruit into a 5 5'11", 205-pound forward.
0: Uh,
2: it's an interesting journey for him and uh, should be some fun stuff in there.
0: Oh, can't wait to make sure you check that out, people. It's a it's a good, great new site, and um, it's, uh, I tell you, you know, him and Nate covering a lot of the college uh, hockey stuff for the athletic. Um, you're seeing stories that you're not seeing in the other rest of the media, folks. So make sure you check that out. Any other final thoughts for this weekend,
3: Hammy? Nope, I'm not writing anything other than things that I actually get paid <laughs> to do. <laughs>
2: hammy i get paid come on now
3: well okay yeah okay fine but i mean is that your like main job or or is no it like, it's, exactly you it helps know. pay for uh
2: my golf trips exactly
0: <laughs> um, so i will not
3: be writing i will just simply be watching
0: you know i think we should have hammy take over the gpl twitter one night and just have you go crazy
3: uh, <laughs> would I'd, it be yeah, as good as I my drunken ones I don't troll like you do, though.
0: Yeah, I do troll a little bit. It's fine.
3: I, I, not anymore. I mean, this is if this was back in the, PO, the Pride on Ice days, I'd definitely be trolling. <laughs> but they didn't have Twitter back then, so then I couldn't have done yeah. it back then. But nonetheless, right. no, I will. I mean, I, yeah, if you want me to do it sometime, I will. But uh, I probably won't be... As trolling as you will
0: yeah, be. Yeah, I cause trouble. It's, it's, it's just fun to do sometimes. Well, thanks for coming on, Todd. It's it's great to have you on again, and I think we should make this a normal thing when the Gophers are playing the Badgers, if you don't mind.
1: Absolutely, that sounds great to me. I'm I'm thrilled that you let me be a part of this.
0: Oh. <laughs> we enjoy having you on. It's always nice to get some perspective from some other people. um Next week, we're hoping to have uh Dan Kelly on from the Big Ten Network. We're, We'll be doing the show a little early to accommodate him. So if you're listening live, it's probably going to be closer to 6 p.m. instead of 9 p.m. We just need to accommodate him. He needs to get his beauty rest apparently. So so we're hoping to get that worked out. I haven't got the full details yet, but we're hoping to have him on next week. And uh, obviously we're trying to have more guests come on as, as, as the show keeps going here. Um, that's all we've got this week. Uh, I'm just looking forward to another fun weekend of Gophers and Badgers, guys. Yeah. Uh, Viggs, you covering probably Saturday night, aren't you?
2: Correct. I'll be there Saturday. See what I can do about Friday postgame.
0: Well, there you go. If you can do Friday postgame, we can get Todd, and we'll get Todd drunk and have him give us all the, the Badger secrets. Oh. Uh, <laughs>
1: well, first of all, it wouldn't take much because I don't drink. So that okay. would, well, would <laughs>
0: Yeah, would I guess it fast. wouldn't take. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Viggs, what's the beer of the week?
1: uh
2: modest brewing in the north loop has come out with a mexican dark chocolate stout called ritual night which is outstanding and that'll be open here pretty shortly
0: all right well we'll be seeing a picture of that on uh, on your twitter in just a little bit well thanks for listening folks you know we'll be back next week and we're going to recap this badger series and uh see how it goes you know we're hoping for a good return for the gophers but the badgers are back folks so gotta be careful um And then we'll obviously get into Ohio State and hopefully have Dan Kelly on next week with us. So until then, thanks for listening.
4: Strength goals. Well, they were different today than yesterday. So um, we're we're throwing it in the big pot of soup, and we don't know what the ingredients are going to be. But uh, you know, hopefully it'll it'll turn up with uh, being able to score some goals. I mean, I, I like so many things about our game. I think that was a the disappointing and frustrating part. Is that I mean, five of the six periods last week we played it really well, and. Probably deserve better, but Notre Dame's a good team, and you know a veteran in so many ways. And their decor made it made it hard. But you know we generated a lot of chances. Now it's just you know finding a way to get some of those in the back of the net. Um, you know that that's probably been the, uh, the biggest surprise from an offensive standpoint and how often we've, we've struggled to score goals during the course of the season. Five on five.
2: What goes into creating those second third chances? Well, uh,
4: one of them, I mean, if you just look at the metrics early on, we are only getting, what, 24, 25 shots in a game and nothing from our back end. And all of a sudden now we're those shot totals have drastically increased. Our scoring chances are going up. Our D have been more involved in the rush. We're, they're getting more shots from the back end. Um, we're creating more uh, from the offensive zone, the things that we talked about. So, I mean, you see that happening, and uh, we just we didn't get rewarded this weekend for a lot of good things that we did. Do you think some part of that might be shot selection, getting the pucks in,
5: through the right lanes to the net?
4: Well, uh, uh, we had some good chances. Like we, we, had a lot of scoring chances on Friday night. Um, probably not quite as many on Saturday as what we did on Friday. But uh, you know, even the power play. One of the things we talked about is getting more shots, and we had 16 each night in, in the in the looks and a lot of good looks too. And you know, goaltender played well. He's, one stat I'm breaking on the video Sunday I didn't realize that what 90 straight saves he had at one point uh, and that's a credit to him and you know they, they're getting in shot lanes and make it difficult but we, we got to get in a little bloody nose alley a little bit more um, a few more second chance opportunities that that'll, that'll be important for us but you know the bottom line is you know whether you win 2-1 to one or 4-3 to three, it's, the objective is to win the game and you know that was a disappointing part of you know losing those two games
6: Moving forward to this weekend, what are you expecting to see from Wisconsin? Uh,
4: they're a better team. They're a deeper team offensively. I, I think that's the one thing my takeaway. Uh, you know, they got a, the goaltender transfer from Saint Lawrence. He was an All-American, um, so that should help solidify that position for them a little bit more. And, and uh, uh, up front, uh, they have three lines that can score, and I don't think they had that last year. So they don't do it with any one guy. Uh, they do it with with depth. And uh, you know, we we think we're a little bit made up that way as well. So. Um, we want to continue to play well defensively. We've done a good job at home not giving up much, not giving up many shots or, or goals against. And, and, uh, but as you move forward, as much as we want to continue to create offense, it's, it's how you defend and, and uh, how many goals you give up. Ultimately, are going to tell the tale. I mean, if you'd have told me we're going to go in and give up one on Friday night, i said, you know, I'll take that in a heartbeat. And unfortunately, we didn't score any
2: you mentioned on your radio show that you might give Shearhorn a day off of practice this week. Did you do that? How is he doing this?
4: He's good. I mean, uh, he was out with our goaltender on Monday, coach. Before practice, he did a 15-minute, you know, just to warm up with our guys and I'd send him to the showers and just get a bike ride in because, you know, we we haven't had that uh, break this first half and uh, we have four more games to go. Um, You know, I think he's had a, a, a real good first half of the season and we just, like all of our guys, we probably practice a little bit shorter this year than we have in the past because we haven't had the week off. And, you know, even this week we haven't, you know, we've gone more than 75 minutes and, you know, whereas maybe in the past it'd be an hour and a half or hour 45. So we really have tried to shorten up. And, you know, talking to Cal did our strength coach, you know, the numbers are good and the guys seem pretty fresh. Uh, and I like the fact that it really hasn't been many games where I say, God, we just have dead legs and, you know, we're just not playing very well. Uh, we really haven't had any of those and you know we gotta get through four more games and a little more stressful time as you get close to finals. It's December and you know a lot more academics that they start to get worried about so that creates more stress too. So you know we just wanna make sure we continue to, to watch their energy.
6: No, I'm working. On, sorry on Casey. Just want to say about him both as, a player and a person, he's been able to just this quickly find find success so, early on?
4: Well, I think it helped. Uh, you know, playing the pre-high-profile school at the yeah. Prairie, um, you know, playing state tournaments, and also his time in Green Bay. Uh, you know, he's played at the. I think the spring before he played at the World Under 18s. Uh, that was good for him, just to be exposed to some of these high-level events. You know, being exposed to the World Junior Camp uh, last two summers playing in Green Bay and USHL before and after the season, I think all those things helped his transition. At yeah, what point did you
6: realize, I guess this year, that he had some of that earlier experience than that high-profile level of playing? Pardon? I guess at one point this year did you realize he has some of that, that higher level experience?
4: Uh, first again. day of practice. I mean, not experience-wise, but ability-wise. Yeah. I mean, it d- didn't take long to see that. Uh, my wife could go to the game and say, that guy's good. Your job's not very hard. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like Rem and Casey
2: are getting a lot more attention from opponents. How do they adjust their game to overcome that?
4: Well, I mean, we've we've separated them at times at practice this week, and you know we may do that you know this weekend. Uh, you know they're both really good offensive um, players, and they like to play together. But um, the most important thing they have to understand is, I mean, you got to continue to be heavy on pucks, and uh, when you when you're elite players, I mean, they have the matchups. I mean, I mean. Notre Dame. Guess what? They're going to see their top defensemen. I mean, you can control some matchups a little bit more when you're at home, but when you're when you're on the road, uh, they're going to make sure they get the guys that they want out against you. So, you know, they saw steady helping their top line and their top pair of defensemen. But you know, that's what good teams will do, and especially teams that have depth tracking time on ice for the first time this year? No, we do it at home. We don't have the ability to do it on the road. But uh, and did you do it last season? Yeah, we've done it for a number of yeah. years. Yeah. What about Corsi numbers? Are you going to get into those? We have in the past, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm more into scoring chances. I mean, you can take a shot on goal, and well, you start worrying about my Corsi number, and i got to take five bad shots, but it, it's a Corsi number. So it really is a, I, I, in some ways, it can be a meaningless stat. Uh, I'm more into, you know, Track is, and we've kept them in the past. But we haven't the lot we haven't the last couple of years. Uh, is scoring chances. I mean, what's your scoring chance plus minus? You know, great uh, if your Corsi number is good, but if you're not creating any chances off that, it really doesn't doesn't do you any good. Like we, the one. I mean, you can look. Some of it's the eye test too. I mean, the last number of games. I mean, I felt we played a lot in the offensive zone we went through a stretch earlier in year. We didn't spend much time in the offense. So, and going from the 20s to the 40s overall, shots kind of indicate that. And do you use that time on ice information during game? Yes. Through? Yeah, we get them after every period. Yeah, I, I want to know uh, when we're at home how much guys are playing, okay. You know, especially when we had some of those games playing 11 forwards. You know, So it, it could have been uh, some guys' ice totals might have been a little high, not so much on the defensive end but as a forward end of it we uh, can play 24, 25 minutes. You know, forwards you start getting 20 minutes, 21 minutes. That's that's a lot of ice time for forward because there's so much more skating. But you know, that's what I like to use it for. And am, am I getting our key guys enough ice? You know, if we got key guys sitting with 15 minutes at the end of the game. Then you know, I've done a poor job of getting them out there. What about the scoring chance information? Do you use that to make these line changes or shifts during the game, or do you no? We don't. We six don't six? really have that at, at, right at game time. I mean, we'd have to go through every scoring chance during the course of the game, so we don't so much use it during the game. Um, I, I think when we played 11 and mixed our lines up a little bit more, it's more of there are certain guys you're going to use in certain spots. Like I can, you know, if Rem doesn't kill penalties, I can use him more five on five, whereas. If she he's on the power play and killing penalties, you know I can't double shift him quite as much because he's picking up ice time in other areas in the game. As
2: you mix up the lines, you look back to those Saturdays where you've played eleven forwards to see who looks like they pair yes both and together.
4: Yes, no, I mean I, I think like any game, uh, you know I still you know you have to reflect back and remember Jacques Lemaire's comment that he spends the first seven eight minutes of a game looking at his own team, who's going and who's not. And it can change from night to night. I mean, we're hey, we're all athletes, and you're going to feel better some nights, than you are others. And so, the nights that certain guys feel it, you probably should feed them a little bit more ice time.
0: In The
5: last last few games, what what are you what are you doing in practice to sort of fix that? Um, I think it's just you know focusing on still shooting pucks and all that sort of things. Um, you know, that's kind of what hockey season is about. There's ups and downs, and um, I think that's a low. And, you know, there's only one way up and her one direction that's up. So I think uh, we're all ready to go this weekend, and it's not going to be an issue.
6: Ryan, what is it about Wisconsin when they come in here to play?
5: Uh, it's obviously going to be a fun weekend. Um, everybody likes to Border battle. We know they're a good, deep team, uh, better than what they kind of have in the past. So we're ready for a battle, and it's going to be a fun one. How have you been adjusting to the extra pressure that the defenses have been putting on you? It seems like they've been giving you a lot more attention lately. Um, I think that's just, you know, it's a game of hockey. You got to play through it, whether it's, you know, getting more shots or passing more or whatever. You just got to adapt to what's thrown at you, and that's kind of my mindset, and I think that's everyone else's as well.
6: Going against Notre Dame, you kind of limited those second chances despite the how number of shots. So you guys got to be working on that this week, or what do you think you need to do to uh, just get a little bit more scoring going?
5: Uh, yeah, Notre Dame is obviously a, a really good team. They had a strong defensive core, and, yeah, they were eliminating second chances. So, obviously, we just got to be a little bit hungrier, and that's what the coaches have been stressing on this week. And, um, you know, we've been battling in practice, focusing on getting those loose uh, extra pucks. So hopefully it translates into this weekend, and um, it'll be fun. You faced uh, Kyle Hayden
6: before last year when you guys were
5: out in St. Lawrence. What do you remember about him, anything? Um I don't really remember much. I know he's an all-American goalie, and obviously, um, that's a big deal. So he's going to be a, a good goaltender in there. So we're going to have to, you know, have that same mindset, get a lot of shots, and obviously some are going to go in if we get a lot. So that's our mindset. You guys have faced a stretch of really good goaltending lately, and have another one coming
2: up. As a shooter, when you're up against a hot goalie, what are you looking for?
5: Um, just getting a number of shots, but I think it's just you know, as, as a shooter, you got to change the angle of the shot or. You know, guys got a screen for you to take away his eyes or, or that sort of thing. But I think it's you know, it's the, the quantity. We really gotta get a lot of shots and some are gonna go in. Can it get frustrating sometimes when you guys feel like you're getting some quality shots on but they just can't seem to get past them? I think yeah, human nature it is frustrating. You want something to go in, but you know, like I've been saying, it's it's the game of hockey and that happens and you know they're gonna go in eventually, so yeah, that's the way you gotta look at it.
6: Uh talented forward group, uh a good goal. I know they got a good transfer in la- from last year and. Um, you know, it's going to be a battle. See the same thing out of them. It's just going to be a grind. And you know, we you got the uh, the Maroon team and the Red team going at it. So, Does it matter from the simple fact that, you know, Coach kind of alluded to that they've been kind of a little bit down, but I'm guessing when these two teams get together, it probably doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, no, that's the thing. I don't think it matters at all. Um, you know, no matter who it is, I think, like I said, Maroon and Red, they're, they're going to get up and they're going to be going after us. We're going to be going after them. It's going to be a Heated game, so Heated Series last year he was at St. Lawrence. What do you remember of, um, anything? He was good. He stopped a lot of shots. I think we put up like 40-something on him and, and didn't score until we had, I think, the goalie pulled in the last minute or so. Um, but good goalie. I think he comes out of the net pretty far, so hopefully get the uh, puck on the ice, get some rebounds, and, and try to crash the net. You faced a really good run of goalies lately, especially over the last month. Have you been putting, have you been putting any extra work or really at least having any, any thought or mindset into just having to put that extra work into beating them? yeah for sure i mean i think you know you scout teams even preview teams you preview their best players their best defensemen you got to preview their goalie as well um you know if you know it's a good goalie and that he likes to come out and you got to put pucks on that got to keep it low uh try to get rebounds like like i said i think it's i think it's good that we've been facing a good good string of goalies it prepares us for the uh the end of the year when you're playing the top teams with the best goalies has it been tough to kind of continue on the stretch coach mentioned that you know you guys haven't really had a week off this long especially with finals and everything is that
1: has that been tough on you guys
6: uh, I don't know. We really like playing hockey so <laughs> I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, you know, we got we got breaks coming up but we're focused on the week ahead, so what do you do to kind of just prepare and keep keep yourself in shape and uh, just not uh,
1: get over uh, exerted.
6: I think that's that's what the summer's for. You know, Cal does a great job with us in the summer and we put a lot of effort. I mean pretty much everyone stays here and trains every single day in the summer, so um that's where we put our preparation and you know, we we still work hard during the week. We uh we have good stamina and whatnot, so you know, we'll see how it is this week.
1: How do you imagine intensity while keeping
6: the Just I'd say keep it in between the whistles. You know, post whistle, you don't need to be throwing punches and stuff like that. And if you uh, you're exerting energy after the whistle, if you're throwing punches and stuff, so keep your energy. You know, skate hard, forecheck, hit guys between the between whistles. So the biggest takeaway from Notre Dame. I think we have to be patient with our game. Um, Obviously, Friday, we put up a good amount of shots, and I think we, we played a really good team game and tough bounce for us. They, they scored that goal. Um, Saturday, we're going, we were in the game, going into the third period, and I think we got a little frustrated that uh, things weren't going our way, and then we started taking bad penalties and started kind of broke down as a team. So be patient with our game. I think it's going to come. You look at the Harvard game uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, exactly like that, it, it paid off in the end. third game kind of did a good job of uh, shutting down those uh, second-chance opportunities, rebounds, I guess, yeah, for sure. They uh, they had a lot of guys. They all came back to the house in the slot and six on the ice. So um, that's an emphasis that Coach put on us personally, that uh, we need to do that and guys need to come back. Little details, little habits like that, stop in front of the net and six on the ice.